Wow, what a win for the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. A 5-4 come-from-behind victory. They were down 3-0 early on. They were able to win their second in a row after scoring three goals in, well, less than 15 minutes to tie the game going into the intermission and then get the two goals in the second before giving them a goal in the third, but able to win the game. For today's episode, we're going to recap that entire Penguins-Canucks game, how crazy it was, why Casey DeSmith was off his game, why Justin Tukarski should get the start on Friday, and I would give Casey DeSmith the one on Saturday. Um, that, Evgeny Malkin's big night, Ricard Raquel, Sidney Crosby, the top six in general is going to be a big topic of discussion for this episode. All that plus so much more coming up right after this. You're locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LRS Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Penguins 5, Canucks 4 did not look good in the early parts of the first period, but the Penguins were able to overcome a three-goal deficit the first time they have done that this season. First time I believe they've done that since the Vegas game uh, last season when they went, they were trailed uh, 3 nothing in Vegas. That was when Vegas was pretty healthy. <clears throat> and the Penguins come back and score five unanswered goals. Penguins did that tonight. Well, except until Connor Garland scored to make it 5-4. But c- kind of the same thing. Um, a win that the Penguins badly needed. You you cannot drop a game like this to a Vancouver Canucks team that's been, you know, also Jekyll and Hyde this year. Though I think a lot more, you know, bad hockey if, if you were talking Jekyll and Hyde. If that, if that makes sense to you all. But didn't start all right. But, you know, what I really want to focus on for this first segment, the Penguins stuck with it. <clears throat> you know, I... I even said, I was saying to myself, my girlfriend was sitting next to me, we're, we were watching The Boys. If you have, if you all are old enough and you have not started watching The Boys on Amazon Prime, please go watch it. It is just an incredible show. A little gory at times, but it is, no, it's it's awesome. Great acting and just a great story. Um, sitting there watching it, I have the game on. I was going to go to the game tonight, but you know, a couple things came up. My anxiety has been really bad the last couple of days, but you know, it's real, a lot better right now. But... I was sitting there saying to her and saying to myself, okay, they're playing really well. They have the lead in, in Corsi. They have the lead in expected goals and shot attempt and shot attempts and scoring chances and high danger chances. They just got to get a save. And sure enough, after the Penguins go down 3 nothing, Mike Sullivan decides to make the goalie change. And I haven't put on Twitter, you know, I pull him, you know, DeSmith doesn't have it tonight. Tolkarski comes in, plays very, very well. He was able to give the Penguins at least – Average goaltending, that's all they needed to win this game. If DeSmith had given them average goaltending, this probably would have been a blow. But the Penguins, even after going down 3 nothing, they stuck with it. They get a goal to make it 3-1 thanks to Kenny Malkin. Um, Penguins make it 3-2 just a few minutes later. Sidney Crosby redirects a Brian Dumoulin um, uh, slap pass. I'm going to get to Dumoulin's performance a little later on in the show. And then, boom, the Penguins tie it uh, to make it 3-3 um, on, on another really good shift by the top six, and then, you know, four, three, five, three, you know, just the top six tonight in general was fantastic. But the way the Penguins were able to stick with it was the reason why they won this game. And I'll also say this, if this game was on the road, do you all think the Penguins come back and win? 
No. No. I think, especially because this game was at home, the crowd was really into it. They, the Penguins were able to feed off of that and get back into this game. And I say this, you know, when, when I go to natural stat trick and when I look at this, you know, look, look at the end of the first period. This game should not have been 3-3. At the end of the first period, the Penguins had 72% of the shot attempts. They had 75% of the scoring chances. They had 71% of the high danger scoring chances. And they had 74% of the expected goals. They were down 3-2 in terms of 5v5 actual goals. They were dominating the Canucks for the opening 20 minutes. It was just, again, DeSmith could not make a save. Once he allowed that first one, which that should not go in. I'm sorry. I understand. It's it's a little bit of of a bad defensive break now by the Penguins. Your goalie should be able to make that save. It goes well. I don't know if he whiffed on it with his glove, but he's got to put it out there and make that save. And then it snowballs with the second goal because Penguins are really out of it defensively. They're not playing well with it. And then the third goal, you know, I, I kind of just chalked that up to, you know, maybe DeSmith could have had it. But, you know, at that point, when you've given up three goals in, what, 10 minutes, basically, you got to make a spark. You got to send a message to your team. You know, this is unacceptable. You got to put a spark in there. They did that with Tokarski. And he played a very good game. He's And actually, according to Bob Grove, He's now his two of his last starts at PBG Paints Arena. Tokarski has saved 63 out of the last 65 shots that he has faced in Pittsburgh. So again, start him on Friday against the Winnipeg Jets. But again, in all seriousness, the way the Penguins were able to keep firing everything at Spencer Martin, getting forechecking aggressively, you know, they were just passing the puck around like it was nothing um, with the Canucks. You know, that was the, re- the reason why the Penguins were, if they were going to come back, um, it, it, I think I just screwed that up. Whatever, you know, th- that would be the reason the Penguins were going to come back. That would be it. Sure enough, it happened, and they were able to, to win the game. Um, but I can't say enough about the top six, and I'll say it again: when the top six scores, this team has a very good shot of winning. And this top six, it is mint. When you can throw out Gensel, Crosby, Russ. <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> or Gensel, Crosby, Raquel, and then Zucker, Malkin, Russ, or Zucker, Malkin, Raquel, you are doing a lot of things right um, if you are running the Pittsburgh Penguins. That is one of the best top sixes in the league. We all know they have depth problems right now. We all know that their two best defensemen, at least in my opinion, are out, and your starting goaltender is out. So you need the big guns who make the most money to carry you, and that's exactly what they have done the previous two games to get them out of this little funk that they were in. And, you know, Jason Zucker, he had a goal tonight of getting Malkin had two goals. Sidney Crosby had one, you know, Ricard Raquel had one, you know, who are all, all those players? Top six who get at least over 5 million per season. Your best players are paid to do what are paid to do this. And they led the Penguins back in a big way. I, I think this win could really turn some things around with this team. They haven't had a multi-goal comeback like that this season. So it was really big for them to do that. You know, we'll find out more about this team, I think, later on this weekend when they play Winnipeg at home and then they go to Carolina. And speaking of the Hurricanes, they've started to struggle a little bit. As of late, they actually just lost to the New Jersey Devils tonight, 5-3, uh, to three, and they, they've lost a few other games in a row um, off that. And last I checked, I think the Penguins were maybe going to get some more help in the standings here, if I can see who won in a shootout. Nope, the Rangers actually did win a shootout, so the Penguins did not get any help. 
from the Minnesota Wild. But, you know, Penguins, they've banked four out of four points lately. They'll have more chances to do that later this week. This was a big win, and it was carried on by the top six. And they stayed with it. They gave the Vancouver, they gave the Canucks hell in the first period. In the second period, maybe a little more low event. Third period, the Canucks pushed a little bit more um, in terms of uh, shot attempts. The Canucks had 63% of those scoring chances were even though high danger was close to even. For the game, the Penguins had 58% of the expected goals. At 5v5, the Canucks had 41%. So Penguins got the result they deserved, but it would not have been possible without the play of the top, of the top six and you know just sticking with it because it's so easy to just back off saying, oh, hey, it's not our night. We're just going to get blown off the rink. But you know, this Canucks team's blown a lot of leads this season. They have not been good. I mean, there's been talk that Bruce Boudreaux could get fired after you know a great second half of the season last year. John Rutherford's probably going to make a lot of changes with their team by the deadline. You know, Penguins had them right where they wanted them, and they were able to make it work and come back and win this game. So kudos to the top six for doing a great job with this one. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to get into some other player performances that I really enjoyed tonight, including Dustin Dokarski and, dare I say it, Brian Dumoulin. Fantastic game tonight. We're going to get into some of the stats um, after this break. But before we get to that, Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball in the World Cup. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting fix. You can head to the website today or use your phone to learn more. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor for Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. <coughs> Excuse me. Still battling a little bit back cold. Almost gone, but I feel a lot better. My eyes are watering like Jeff Petrie's were um, a couple years ago. But into some poor performances that I really enjoyed tonight. Um, great job by Dustin Tokarski to come in, stay in the moment, made some flashy saves for this team. That The one save that he had with his blocker, barely even know, knew where the puck was. Um, his glove hand was completely off. The whistle kind of should have blew in that situation, but you know, the refs didn't see it. Um, makes the save with the blocker, puck goes to the corner. That, I think, was the save of the night for me for Tokarski, but I thought his rebound control was mostly fine. His awareness... Eh, you know, it, it's a little bit questionable. It's his first NHL game of the season, so I'm not really going to get too upset about it. But for someone coming in ice cold, his first game, I think he did the job well. He gave the Penguins average goaltending. He bought them enough time for the Penguins to come back. And then when the Penguins gave him a lead, a two-goal cushion, um, he was able to do enough um, to preserve that with seven minutes remaining in the third period. Um, he also made a breakaway save, I'm pretty sure, on Elias Pedersen, if I recall correctly from my notes. Yep. Um, that was a hell of a save by him. Um, I'll say this. Does Louis Domingue make those saves? Probably not. I have Dustin Tokarski is a better goaltender um, than Louis Domingue. And, and it pays to have a better third-string goaltender, you know, especially after what happened um, last season. And again, you know, <clears throat> I would give Tokarski the start on Friday, especially because he's been playing really well at PPG Paints from Universe last couple starts. But also because <clears throat> I think he gives the Penguins the best chance to win in that game, he has a lot of momentum going into it. Penguins just, just played mostly a pretty good game outside of some th- a few early goals where DeSmith was not that good. But I will say I would give Tokarski the net in that one. And if you're able to win that game, and then, of course, I would go to DeSmith 
on Saturday. Yeah, you're playing Carolina on that Saturday, a, a Hurricane team that's probably going to be a bit upset because they've started to lose some games as of late. But, you know, that's the rotation I would do, you know, at least until Tristan Jari's back. And speaking of Tristan, uh, he was at the morning, um, well, he was skating a little bit before the morning skate, taking some shots, doing some drills. So it looks like the injury is not that serious. He's already on the ice a week after, or eight days after, I should say, the injury. You know, maybe he's out for another week or something like that, but it's good to see that it's not that serious. So he should be back um, pretty soon. But, you know, overall, very good performance from Tokarski coming in cold for the final, you know, 45, 50-ish minutes of this game. And it's something to build off of, you know. Um, I, I would like to see more of him going forward until Tristan is ready to come back. You know, maybe he'll win the backup job. Probably not. Um, that's just not going to happen. But I just kind of said that for, you know, craps and gigs. But, you know, really liked his performance. And again, dare I say, going into the next player performance, who I really, really liked, Brian Dumoulin. If you look at hockey stat cards and they um, do a great job with their game score, you know, if you're on the positive side, um, you know, you had a really good game, you know, offense, um, defense is actually the dark blue offense is the, the, not, not as dark blue. And then the other stuff is just production miscellaneous and stuff. Brian Dumoulin led the way he was not in any, um, <clears throat> of the negatives. His defensive and PK impacts were above average tonight. I will repeat that again. Brian Dumoulin's defensive and PK impacts were above average tonight. They were actually a little bit over one, his offensive impact above average. Well, about average tonight. His production was also good. He had that point. He had that assist on Sidney Crosby's goal where he had that sh- uh, slap pass right to him. And then the miscellaneous stuff. He was their best defenseman tonight. And you all know me. I'm objective. I can gladly say it. Brian Dumoulin played one hell of a game tonight. If, if the Penguins can get that level of Brian Dumoulin for the next half of the season, they will be in great shape. But, you know, what? from what we've seen for the most part for the first half, I don't think it's going to happen, but, you know, I will say Dumoulin was awesome tonight. And the, and, excuse me, and the Penguins badly needed that. If you go to even um, National Statric here to, to show some more stats for you all, 5v5, he played 15 minutes. When he was on ice, the Penguins had 73.5% of the shot attempts, two goals for, zero goals against, 80% of the expected goals for, 18 scoring chances for, three scoring chances against, 10 high danger chances for, one high danger chance against. Can someone please tell me where that Brian Dumoulin has been for this entire season? Please enlighten me. You know, that is 2016 level Brian Dumoulin right there. What a performance from the former top pairing defenseman. Um, that, that you know, And he was magnificent. Again, they get that level from Dumoulin for the rest of the season. This team will be just fine when Jeff Petrie and Chris Tang comes back. Easier said than done, but, you know, he was great tonight. I still don't know why Mike Sullivan, I still went in the final minute on that five on six with Chad Ruedel. That was a choice as well. Don't really know why that he did that, but, you know, it ended up paying off things and allow a six on five goal against the Rio, able to actually hold a third period lead for the second game in a row, believe it or not. So kudos to Brian Dumoulin. For another for a, a strong game tonight. Also, second up on and you know, in terms of average game score, Ty Smith. Um, second among all penguins in terms of average game score tonight. And that lines up with the eye test. It also lines up with what I see here um <coughs> on natural stat trick. I'll get to here. I'll get to natural stat trick here right now. 
when he was on the ice, the Penguins had 66% of the shot attempts. They had 200% of the actual goals. They had 82% of the scoring chances, and they also had 83% of the high danger chances. You all can see the offense ability, the offensive ability is there with him. You know, it's it's that defensive work that's still, you know, a little much. Um, he gave up that shorthanded breakaway, I believe. Um, in the first or second period, my notes here. Yeah, yeah. Um, first second period. Um, didn't look great on that, but you know, that comes with time. I, I would personally not like to see him go down when the defensemen come back, but that also, you know, they don't have any cap space, so he's probably gonna have to go down. Um, but you know, this I think was his best game as a pro. You're no longer seeing him eye test wise. You know, if you noticed, you're no longer seeing him, you know, flick those little shots to the point, you know, from flick those little shots to the net, excuse me, from the point where he's just kind of noodling it with his stick, like, oh, you know, I'll throw it to the net. Yeah, I'll just do that. You know, he's actually taking his time, going through his progressions, going through his reads, you know, making the right, making the right pass and all that. And then when he sees an open lane, he really fires it into the net. You know, and maybe he was a little nervous when coming up for the first time. I don't know, but you know, I definitely noticed a little bit of a change with him these last couple of games tonight, though, I thought was his best game as a penguin. Again, the offensive ability with him, it is there. It's always been there. It was why he was a first round pick in the NHL draft. It's just getting him those defensive reps, getting him to get that work with um, Tar Reardon. I think that's going to make a huge difference. And, you know, I thought Jesse Marshall said it best. It's a marathon, not a sprint with Ty Smith. And he's definitely, and as Jesse says, he is definitely in good hands. Yeah, I mean, you're working with Tar Reardon. Say what you want about him with the power play. I understand. Um, though I'll get to the power play in just a bit. But I will say, um, Ty Smith tonight, very good. And I think Reardon's going to do a good job with developing him. He's always been very good when it comes to the defensemen with developing them. You know, Chris, Chris Letang has said many times that he's one of the best coaches he's ever had. Mike Matheson has said the same thing. I think you're probably going to see Ty um, say the same kind of thing when it comes to him. Again, definitely some defensive issues, but I, the trajectory is there. He's getting points. He's doing, he played, did well on the power play tonight. Still a little more work to do, but. I'm I'm really liking what I'm I've been seeing the last couple of games with Tyson. That's what I'll say about that. Um, you know, Jason Zucker continues to be an absolute wrecking ball. Um, his goal celebrations are, are honestly amazing. His pass to Evgeny Malkin for the um the go-ahead goal in the second period to make it four to three was awesome. I and I love that give and go with Gino and Jason. You know, Gino comes in, just you know, guns ablazing, drops the puck off to two-on-one. Zucker comes down the right, feeds it to Malkin who scores, and then Zucker just jumps all over him. Um, I love that stuff. And I'll get to uh, uh, Gino's second goal. Um, in the final segment, we're going to talk about the power play and what I saw um, differently tonight. But really like Zucker's game. Nice to see Ricard Raquel get back on the score sheet. He hadn't scored in, I think, the last like five or him scored like the last couple weeks, um, which is rare for him because he's been one of their best goal scorers this season. But um, he was also very good tonight um, as well. That wraps up this second segment for the show. Coming up in the final segment, we're going to get into the special teams talk for this episode, why the power play came back to life tonight and why, you know, what they did tonight, and I'm going to explain what they did, um, need to just, you know, stay going forward. But before I get to that, our next part has our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I start taking athletic greens because I didn't have time in the morning. I wanted more energy, optimized immune system, all that stuff. So you're probably wondering, what is this? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, 
whole food source superfoods, probiotics to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, and your energy recovery, focus, and aging. All of those things. They have over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's also recommended by professional athletes. It's cheaper than your cold brew habit, and it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health. Right now, it's time to reclaim that health that you're investing in and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. It's Make It Easy Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. I'm back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Hunter Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So, power play tonight. They got back to basics. I think that was the big difference for me, to be honest, Jens. Um, you know, they, the zone entries, they actually looked competent. And, you know, they were being aggressive. They weren't just passing the puck around and being lolly, 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 lolly with it. No. They were taking advantage of a very weak Vancouver penalty kill. The Penguins' power play at one point was two for four. And I believe it ended two for five. Which, you know, you will take that. Penguins scored two power play goals against New Jersey about a week and a half ago. Probably win that game, right? But tonight, they were aggressive. They were getting pucks to the front of the net. They were, you know, capitalizing on their chances. And, and, they're finally fed of getting Malkin a one-timer. Why have the Penguins gone away from that in the past? It has proven to work time after time after time after time for the last, what, almost 20 years now, basically? They need to keep doing that. It is such a lethal weapon. I'm not going to sit here and say it's some, you know, it's not, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's, you know, Ovi's, you know, office kind of slap shot because, you know, no offense. We all, we all love getting Malkin here. That slapper from Ovechkin, I mean, that, that's just his office, and he's probably scored 500 of his goals over there because teams just don't bother to stop him. And it's, I think it's probably um, a little bit of a better one-timer. Sorry, Gio. Love you. But I will say this. With how, despite Ovechkin having that great one-timer, Gino has almost as good of a one-timer as he does. Why is it not utilized more? It needs to keep being utilized. You saw that tonight. Spencer Martin had no chance on it. Please, Tar Reardon. Keep that in your game plan. Whoever is at the point, Ty Smith, P.O. Joseph, Chris Tank, keep feeding Malkin one-timers. I promise it is going to send this power play unit to another level. And even if you don't score, you get juicy rebounds. And who is in front of the net usually to clean those up? Jake Gensel. He's a, he's a very good net front presence. Before him, it was obviously Patrick Hornquist. Penguins need to start doing that more often. But even outside of that Gino um, bomb that we saw tonight, it was just a much more cohesive unit. Ty Smith is starting to get more comfortable. Well, at least tonight was more comfortable quarterbacking the top power play unit. He's not firing those little noodle flick shots from the point. He's actually making the reads, whether it's Sid, whether it's Gina, whether it's Raquel, whether it's Gensel. You know, and the, the passing was very crisp tonight. Not, I mean, sure, there were some shorthanded um, opportunities for the Canucks. Penguins do have to clean that up. Um, I've been saying that all year. Penguins have to do a much better job when it comes to these shorthanded opportunities for the opposition. They are giving up way too many two-on-ones. Breakaways has to stop. 
That's when they think they become a little too aggressive. But tonight, I don't think they were at that level, but still, you got to clean it up. But I do think overall, I liked what I saw. Again, the passing was very crisp. Gino's bombs were awesome. You know, they were getting to that slot area and just setting up some nice plays down low, up high, right half wall, left half wall, all that stuff. It was a very good performance for them, especially when they needed it. You know, the power play, you know, coming into the night, over 20 skid basically, they needed that in a big way. Hopefully that can start not being also Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I, I, I love that saying. So whenever it, it happens to come up, I'm going to keep talking about it. But uh, penalty kill, um, as usual, very good. Uh, the PK has been awesome for most of the season, and it continued in a big way um, tonight. Glad to see, though, Brian Newman was not hurt after a little bit of a scary collision um, in the, in the um, it was the third period, that looked a little rough. Um, was kind of limping off the ice. Was able to finish the game. Hopefully, in not typical Penguins fashion, he's not out for a little bit. But you know, we'll have to see. I believe the team's going to practice um, tomorrow, so then we'll find out um, everything then. Um, so that almost basically does it for this episode. I will say the officiating tonight was kind of funny, especially at the end of the second period where an obvious penalty was committed. Brian Juman uh, was not um, was the player that had the penalty. The Vancouver player, you know, committed a penalty on Brian Dumoulin. And, you know, the ref, he's reaching for his hand, sees it's the end of the period, decides not to call it. Uh, they went to Cancun right there, as the saying goes. Uh, I, I don't know what they were doing. Uh, Sid was just laughing at him. The whole team was laughing. You know, that's just a, come on, be better. You know, you can, you can call a penalty at the end of the second period. It's, it's not the end of the world. But overall, I think we're going to wrap things up here. Really big win for this team again you just you knew even when they were down three nothing and they were really bringing it to the canucks you knew in the back of your head there was there was any if there was ever a chance to come back from a multi-goal deficit which has been hard on the penguins this season it was going to be this one because they were carrying play they just weren't getting the goaltending sure enough when tokarsi came in penguins continue to play well and um they were able to trust the process and see it pay off in a big way that's two in a row we'll try to make it three in a row on friday when they have the Winnipeg Jets at home before going to Carolina. Again, that'll do it though for this episode of Locked on Penguins Podcast. Really appreciate all of you listening. Um, if I had my anxiety from this morning tonight, I probably would not be doing an episode right now, but I am feeling I'm a lot better. I take these highs and lows when I can. Um, but you know, glad to see them get a win, and I'm glad to be talking about it here with you all. Let me know what you all think in the comments um, about the win, and let me know if you want to message me on Twitter, Instagram, or whatever. You can do that as well. Now, what did you think? You know, who stood out for you? You know, is this a big win for the team? Do you think this could be big moving forward for them? Let me know. Just want to hear all your thoughts about it. So, again, thank you all so much for listening. I'll be back with another episode for you all on Wednesday.